Hey, welcome back to Falling Out. This is Elgin Strait. For those that were here for the last episode, you may remember it was a homework assignment. And I am beyond thrilled to state that some of y'all understood that fucking assignment and went through the time and energy and effort to explain to me in great detail how that assignment went for you. And, um, you know, God, God bless you, man. You fucking did it. You understood the fucking assignment. Thank you to the people who sent me some, uh, incredible dms uh i was not expecting that and uh it was a uh delightful bonus surprise if anyone wants to send me more dms sure why not why the fuck not okay this time we are back with part two with becca spears oh i also need to state that um so i found this out um more professionally run podcasts, like when you have a guest come on, you ask them to like fill out some paperwork, um, including like how to spell their name correctly. Um, I, I don't do that. This is all just this. This all just sort of sort of sort of happens organically. You may or may not be able to tell that. And um, as a result, um, my guest, uh, her name is not actually Becca Spears, which is what. I called her on the last episode and it also still appears in the artwork for that episode, although that will be changed at some point. Uh, Becca's actual surname, last name is Spies. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, it's spelled like spies in America, S-P-I-E-S. -E and in German, I learned this as well. Um, spies means spears. So online, Becca goes by spears, Becca spears, but her actual German name is Becca Spies. So you'll notice that the name will change slightly between the last episode and this episode, at least for a period of time. This interview was great. And I think Becca has some really amazing insights and perspectives to share with the audience. But before I get into the interview, I want to remind the audience where us Mooney kids have come from. And I'm going to do that in Moon's own words. So to look this up, um, I looked, there's an, there's an online repository of reams and mounds of bullshit by one Sun Myung Moon. And a quick search on that for the term sexual organ and spouse uh, yielded many, many results. I picked simply the first one, which is a speech by Sun Myung Moon on September 5th, 1996. It is entitled Man Owns Woman and Woman Owns Man. And I'm going to play you a short clip from that now. Obviously, the voice you're hearing is not Moon's himself, but the words are Moon's. Here goes with that clip. When God was creating human beings, into which part did he invest the greatest creative effort? The eyes, the nose, the heart, the brain, all of these organs eventually die, do they not? What is the purpose of the Family Federation for World Peace and Unification? If humanity were to completely transcend the traditional fields of morality and religion and yet be absolutely in harmony with the sexual organs, earning the welcoming applause of God, what kind of world would it be? Who owns the male and female organs? The owner of the husband's sexual organ is his wife, and the owner of the wife's sexual organ is her husband. We did not know that a person's sexual organ is owned by someone of the opposite sex. This is a simple truth, which is undeniable. Even after history progresses for thousands of years, this truth will not change. Typically a man thinks his sexual organ belongs to himself, and a woman thinks her sexual organ is her own. That is why the world is perishing. Everyone has been mistaken concerning the ownership of the sexual organs. People have been thinking that love is absolute, eternal and dreamlike, but had they known that the ownership of eternal love lies with the opposite sex, the world would not have become like it is today. There have been numerous PhD holders and scholars, and yet none of them has ever thought about this. 
Can any of you deny it? If you could ask your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, the original ancestors, and even God who is the origin of the universe, they would all agree with this. It is an iron rule which will remain as a universal principle even after the universe has existed for billions of years. The natural conclusion is that when you stand before God, he will judge you as righteous or unrighteous according to this immutable law. In fact, the fall of Adam and Eve originated in the violation of this law. Each of them erroneously thought that their sexual organ was their own. Due to this mistaken view, they were driven out and could not be acknowledged anywhere in the universe, in the mineral, plant and animal kingdoms, masculinity and femininity, that is, the sexual organs, are reserved for the sake of one's partner of love. Adam and Eve did not know this. Then why do the sexual organs exist? For love. Thus male and female exist in order to find love. Yeah, so there you have it. Fucking Casanova Moon. Fucking old Romeo over there. Really knows, really knows how to, uh, really knows how to romanticize things. Um, yeah, so that's the fucking terrible bullshit that we all were taught as kids. And as you'll hear in this interview, Becca has put a lot of effort into tearing that shit down and deconstructing it and reconstructing her life in a way that's meaningful to her and that I think could offer some meaning to the listeners of this show. So thank you, Becca, and without further ado, here it is, part two with Becca Spies. I think it's interesting for a lot of people to um, learn that I live polyamorously and dating is is a hard thing to do um, outside the cult, especially when you don't grow up with, you know, boundaries mm. <laughs> and uh, a lot of a lot of things um, will make it really extra hard to date in the outside world um, that you learn in in the cult. You have to unlearn a lot of things. Mm. And um, yeah, weirdly enough, my therapist told me two or three weeks ago that polyamory is uh, apparently crucial to my deconstruction of Interesting. what I've learned. Yeah. He agrees that, you know, it can be beneficial to me and is important to me and um I should not compromise on that. Wow. Yeah. It was unexpected okay. from that's like a, a big that's... like a mousy looking fifty year old dude. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Good to know. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, so there's a lot to unpack there, but can we, can we start at the beginning? Um, like what are the things that you think you needed to unlearn? Um, so let's start with the basics, probably monogamy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Mandatory monogamy, um, heteronormativity and dating is for making children. Those are the things um, that I had to unlearn. Um, Yeah, because, I mean, you grow up in a cult where you learn that your your body isn't yours, basically, right? It's, I mean, yeah, it's a vessel for God and whatever, but it's also specifically your future spouse's property. It doesn't, like, they say it does not belong to you. They say your sexual organ belongs to your spouse. Yeah, Um, Yeah. and you don't have that spouse yet. Yeah. You know, because you're a kid, but still they will tell you that you shouldn't be using it for your own pleasure. It's not even yours. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, how do you even learn to respect it and to listen to it and mm-hmm. to 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 want to protect for yourself um that is a hard thing to unlearn mm. yeah um and i always knew i was queer i always knew i wasn't straight mm. 
And I think I always kind of knew that I was capable of loving many, many people. Mm. And that feelings for me are very fluid. I experience them. Um, I experience friendship and um, connectivity and connectedness um, very fluently. Um, like I crush, I have crushes on my friends. Um, mm. I think my longest most stable relationship is with my best friend of 20 years i met her in high school mm. she's uh, one of the people who is um mainly responsible for getting me out wow okay yeah um i love her to death um mm. she's my person <laughs> mm. and um like it's ridiculous ridiculously cliche but she's my ride or die like mm. i would do anything for her and um yeah um so how if i can ask what like how long ago did that transition from like you guys being friends to you guys like sleeping together oh we're not frequently sleeping okay i mean okay um we live in different cities and okay um but yeah once i realized that um it is natural and okay for me to have these feelings for people mm. who some other people would say are platonic friends mm. um that was such an eye-opener and a relief mm. and um it was a revelation actually that's mm. <laughs> what it was um because at some point i realized like a couple of years ago i realized that i wouldn't put her in like my friend group like I call him my best friend but it kind of feels like that's too restrictive of a term I wouldn't call him my girlfriend because we're not strictly dating and she has a primary partner and you know but like she's more than all that like there's mm. a, a there's a space in my heart that she lives in and that's just like it's so much more than just, mm. you know, she's a best friend and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and you guys have like, you know, experienced something physically together mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, brings you together in ways that, that, you know, you wouldn't be together with other people with like, it, it does, it does bring you being physically intimate with someone does bring you closer to them i guess is is, is all i'm saying yeah it uh, totally can yeah um yeah. doesn't have to <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 but i and could sometimes uh, yeah. it's not about that but yeah. sometimes it is yeah um, yeah and yeah it is a way for me to feel close to people definitely for sure um but yeah so i had a 10-year monogamous hetero relationship okay. um up until i want to say four years ago Okay. Um, and that was a very important relationship in my life, and I still mm. love him. She's um, sorry, he he's amazing. Um, mm. He's a good man, and um, shout out to Marilyn. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a he's a good one. Um, good. Okay. Excellent. And we sit amicably, and uh, I'm not saying it wasn't easy, but um, yeah. He did say a thing back then when we split up that made me so upset. But in hindsight, he was kind of right. Um, mm. He said that he's holding me back. Mm. And um, and I got so mad in the beginning because I thought, no, I'm living my best life. What are you even talking about? But then once I kind of let myself be the gayest polyest person that i can be mm. <laughs> he's kind of right <laughs> like mm. he didn't mean to and i didn't know that i was missing something I, I wasn't missing something but um now that i know that it is totally okay and allowed and healthy if you do polyamory safely mm -hmm. that can be very healing and um rewarding this guy i like this guy the, yeah like what a fucking kind of like a legend like to 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 have that realization about you 
and about his impact on you and to almost like in, encourage you to spread your wings in in a way that yeah, you that you could like that's pretty awesome yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um so it's been about three years you're saying since you've been on this journey yeah more like four okay mm -hmm. yeah um I started out just casually dating a lot of people, yeah. but I was always very open about that. Yeah. Um, um, I make a point to really communicate what people are getting into when they get, you know, involved with me, mm. um, just to be fair. I think that's the, that's one of the most crucial parts in being polyamorous is just open and honest communication yeah can i ask what is that what does that sound like i'm sorry to be really like pedantic here but i feel like it'd be good for the audience to like hear what a conversation like that sounds like like uh, like i would tell a person at the first day back then like four years ago i would yeah. say so i'm not looking for a partnership right now i'm just trying to explore I'm dating a lot of people, so I might not have a lot of time to spend with you. But if you can handle that, that's cool. Okay. All right. That's good. That's, that's yeah. yeah. Okay. And what sort of responses would you get to that? Um, so usually when I would meet people, it's, it would have been on dating platforms. Yeah. So... I usually um, would meet people on OkCupid. Okay. Um, and there you have like um, options to vet beforehand. Like okay. you can exclude people that are exclusively monogamous. You can exclude people that are, okay. you know, like okay. you get a match score and yeah, the higher the match right. score, the, the probably the, the 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 higher the possibility that you get along so got um, it okay so yeah i would um not date people who were only inter interested in monogamous relationships got anyway it. okay um okay so the, you're sort of self-selecting to yeah. to be like uh it, it, okay got it yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Well, when you meet in the wild you know when you meet a person at a party or like through mutual friends you can never know yeah what they're looking for so yeah Okay. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, yeah. And what's it? I'm just, I'm just fascinated by this and I just feel like, yeah. So how, like, how has the spreading of wings felt? Like what's the, I don't know. Well, yeah. What's, what's, what's your journey been like? Um, it's been rocky and very rewarding and, um, sometimes scary sometimes joyful um but yeah people are complicating and dating is hard <laughs> mm. but i think it's worth it because at the end of the day um i always learn a lot about myself mm. um and i also learned recently that um even if you think you've communicated all, like, everything, you should probably go back and do it again after a time. Mm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I've dated a lot of people over the last four years, and... Um, some of them just casually, some of them like for two years. Um, okay. Our last partner and I split up recently. We were together for one and a half years or something like okay. that. Um, yeah, him and I met when I was dating two women. And um, then I split up with one of them and the other one um, we transitioned into a very good friendship mm -hmm. and um, 
Um, I also realized that I'm capable of loving all genders um, and see them as fully human and desirable and deserving of love and yeah that is something that was really important to me to you know dismantle the whole gender binary that Moon mm. has built this whole concept of marriage on yeah so you know the whole female male and all the attribute attributes that he prescribes yeah. You know, like females being soft and males being hard and whatever, like yeah. very toxic masculinity type of yeah belief system that is very unhelpful. Yeah. yeah. And um, also, like the thing that I realize is that I'm just worthy of love regardless of how Moon would judge me. Like I am... Mm. worthy of unconditional love like that type of love that he would want us to give him mm. um, and that we never got because the love that we would get from god or moon was very 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 fucking conditional right mm, absolutely <laughs> like, like that is the like the, the biggest trick of them all you yeah. know convincing you that it's unconditional love when it's very very conditional yeah like gaslighting you into thinking you want things when mm. you're just doing it so that you are worthy mm. yeah. not great and so you're saying now that's actually really interesting that's a really interesting way to um like to take back ownership of that mm -hmm. Uh, like this idea i love this idea of like okay i am deserving of the unconditional love that 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 moon demanded from from everyone around him um like no i i deserve that uh, on my own uh that's a yeah exactly yeah it's yeah. a big We're, middle finger <laughs> a big middle finger to that guy right? yeah exactly that's really fucking awesome yeah it's um, actually a lot of things that I learned in polyamory is like a big middle finger to Moon. I don't do it yeah. despite him, obviously. Like, yeah. you know, he's dead and I could care less. But just learning that I am all those things that he said I wasn't. And mm. love is all those things that he said it wasn't. Like, this mm. is very empowering to me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let me just check my notes. I wrote okay. some of them yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um. Yeah, also that um, the notion that I'm not someone's property and um, that I'm free to love many people and be loved by many people. It's very healing, um, especially regarding like the whole term of your genitals not even belonging to yourself. Mm. Um, that is actually something very triggering and upsetting to me when partners um, feel entitled to my body or my time or my affection just because they are my partner mm. um, and I don't even say that um, it's something they have to earn like that's not it it's more about something that, that from my perspective it is something that I appreciate and I feel privileged that someone would want to spend time with me and would you know want to open up to me like I feel so privileged if someone does that mm. and it's not something that I take for granted at all because they choose me and so that's an honor you know to have someone want that for me and, mm. me. and um, I understand that it's you know it's just my perspective <laughs> mm. um, and I recently learned that it's not something that applies to everyone so mm. yeah mm. but i do believe that there's other people out there who feel like that yeah yeah and i also feel like it's uh, kind of unhealthy to expect one person to be the center of one's life yeah and that is exactly what moon said right like um yeah big time spouse. yeah and yeah like you don't even you can't even pick 
the person yeah, <laughs> that you should be the center of your universe. It's you, uh, yeah, you have setting. You have no agency in that, and it's mm-hmm. your entire everything. Everything is just wrapped up in this person. There's no room for ever anything else. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's just and yeah, I've listened. Uh, I've listened to a lot of stuff about polyamory and like uh I've never dabbled in it myself but I'm just kind of fascinated by it uh particularly for for because of where I came from just like you but this idea you know one of the ideas uh that I'm aware of is is like it's it's unrealistic to assume that one person is gonna fulfill every every possible need that you could Mm -hmm. have uh at this moment in time and at every moment in time in the future that's that's just unrealistic um i think that's a very valid point um and i just i think it's like it's magnified within the moonies where like you're there you're like like that's just everything about the moon moonie marriage is like fighting against that you can't even ask the question like what if Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. just like moon's head would explode if you even you know we're at that point with him yeah Weirdly enough, though, for him, it was not ever a problem to be polyamorous. It was not a problem for that guy, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that tells you something, right? Don't apply to him, huh? Yeah, they don't. They don't apply when you're the top dog. They're they're for the plebs, but not for you. Yep. So hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, another thing that. I dismantle with my my style of of relationship is that um relationships are not just about sex you know um not for me at least i mean it's i I mean i don't i don't see the problem why no i don't see why that would be a problem you know if you would want a strictly sexual relationship like all power to you um but relationships are just so much about so much more than sexual intimacy um and to just um compartmentalize that and spread it over all types of relationships um that seems more healthy to me and um yeah like i said it's very fluid um and why should my relationship with my siblings be less important than the relationship that I have with a person that I go to bed with? Like, Mm. no, yeah, (laughs) it's equally valid and equally important and equally deserving of my attention and the friendships that I have. um, Why should they be less important? Just, you know, why should a romantic relationship be less important in the eyes of the society just because we don't live together or yeah. because we don't reproduce, you know, it's, um, yeah. Time to deconstruct all that, at least for me. Yeah. And I thought that um, when you build your world around reproductivity and bloodline, um, I could definitely see why people think that, relationships are just about sexuality Mm. and i can definitely see why then non-heterosexual relationships are deemed unworthy because when you only marry people for reproduction then it's invalid right yeah exactly exactly it sort of sounds like i'm i'm just kind of hearing you talk about this it sort of sounds like you, you know you mentioned sort of like why why shouldn't your relationship with your siblings be the same as the relationship with your partner or, or partners like why can't they be sort of on on equal footing basically and it sort of it feels to me like what you're what you're describing is sort of st- like your starting point for every relationship in your life is sort of like putting things on on equal footing um and then allowing allowing them to develop in whatever way they develop um depending on how things develop with that with that person um mm-hmm. is that is that right am i like conceptualizing this correctly yeah um so for the most part if i meet a person um 
it starts out as a friendship, I would say. Um, there are the rare exceptions where I'm just like super duper attracted to them right from the get go. And, um, but usually I'm just like good friends with them. And then um, sometimes it gets sexual, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes mm. it does for a while and then it stops and then we're just back to being friends. And that's also yeah. cool. Um, I have this one friendship uh, with a trans guy and, and he asked me um, what this is and I'd say it's kind of like a flirty friendship with sometimes making out at parties and um, <laughs> that is also valid. That's a valid <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Why is, that, like, why is that invalid? It's not. It's yeah, completely valid. It's, yeah. it's so nice and <laughs> he's good at smooching so when we were at a gay party why not smooch with him? I know he's good at it. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> yeah, um, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's a great illustration of like just there's an infinite number of shades of gray in this yeah. part of human existence. And um, we were just forced into this world of complete black and white and no, <sighs> no room for anything else. Yeah. And also every person is so different, right? Like, yeah. Why, not, why try to force a whole relationship structure on a person when only some things work with them yeah why not cherish and nurture those parts and make them shine yeah yeah and i think yeah that's kind of i i guess yeah that that's sort of yeah again that that's the vibe that i'm getting from this like this idea of kind of like starting from starting from scratch and then just adding adding the pieces that work uh or mm -hmm. you know like um but yeah, also like feeling like, relaxed about testing all the pieces out, you know? Yeah. There is no pressure behind it. You're not looking for the one to stay together with forever. And yeah. Go to kingdom of heaven together. <laughs> like yeah. You know, there's so much pressure, right? Big but time. if you don't yeah. have that, you can just be relaxed about meeting people and seeing them for what they are and who they are. And yeah. um, appreciating them without having the pressure of, you know, finding the flaws, why it wouldn't work forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very, very, very different mentality to. I'm not saying I'm perfect. It's not working out every time. Yeah. But what I can say is that I'm way happier not being in a monogamous relationship and stuck with kids you know mm. like i'm more than the capacity to reproduce yeah um and that's very freeing for me mm. i know that some people really want kids and whatever and i totally get that because i want them i wanted them for a long time and it's a beautiful thing to have a child yeah like you know i can't deny that i have a nephew now and that doesn't even come close to experiencing what it is to be a mom. But yeah. like that is magic. That's straight up magic mm. to see a child grow up. Yeah, it is. I will. I will. I can confirm it, it is magic. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, I know that um, it's not for me, mm. you know. Yeah. What are what are some of the downsides and challenges that that you face navigating this world? So when you date multiple people, you can also be broken up with multiple people. Yes, I was going to say that sounds like a huge downside. Yeah, <laughs> like you're just you spreading to, so many more yeah. opportunities for breakups. Just yeah, and like for complications and heartache and miscommunication, time management is sometimes yeah problematic. Um, Especially when you grow up living for the sake of others, then you mm. want to just, you know, make sure that everyone's the happiest. And um, then you have to be careful not to spread yourself too thin yeah. and take care of yourself. Yeah. Have a me day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like even though you think you're communicating a lot, um, just communicate more. Um, 
be mindful of the pitfalls. Um, like, yeah, there's so many different types of polyamory. Like, there's yeah. open relationships when you have a primary partner and everything else is casual and, like, the cherry on top. Yeah. Then there is um, relationship anarchism where there's no hierarchy at all. Mm. Um and um yeah you have to be really mindful of that relationship escalator that you may or may not get onto and um think about if you want to be on that like do you want to eventually move in together do you want to eventually have kids or is it just something that just happens naturally because everyone else is doing it um, mm. yeah talk about that yeah i was about to move in with my former partner we talked about that we talked about having a kid sometime down Wait, the line the, the guy who you were with for 10 years or no. the guy you just broke up with yes oh wow okay okay yeah. um and i thought it's something that i wanted i wanted it with him i was willing to compromise and move in way faster than i would have um having a child is something that um i wasn't opposed to um he really wanted it um but yeah then it kind of felt like for him that it's like a primary partnership and the people that I meet like in between are just you know randos or whatever um and then this thing happened which eventually kind of um I think was the first thing to make it all apart was I felt more and more secure in the relationship. And so that made me feel like I'm more open to more meaningful connections outside of the relationship because I feel secure in this. Okay. And for him, it was the opposite effect mm. um, that he felt so secure in this relationship that he thought that he I wouldn't need any more meaningful connections outside of the relationship got it okay so you guys both had a different reaction to the the sort of escalation of the connection exactly yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um which i could have communicated better for sure um i did not see it coming when i met a new boyfriend um it happened really fast and um very unexpectedly Mm -hmm. and that was hard on him i see that okay yeah. okay how many if i can ask in like a year how many breakups would you go through oh god um not a lot because of <laughs> <Okay>. corona <laughs> okay all right yeah 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 okay i mean corona made it hard to be a slut i'm gonna be honest <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like real breakups. Um, I went through one in 2022. Then another, yeah, that was one breakup that I went to in 2022. Um, okay. My girlfriend, I broke up with my girlfriend. Um, and then, yeah, like not many. I haven't dated a lot of people like dated dated like as in committed relationship type okay. of situations okay um, um someone broke up with me in 2021 or two i don't remember no 2022 so yeah two okay two breakups oh that's not okay that's that's i mean they don't they suck i i i i know that um but that's not like a crazy amount that's that's okay that's that, that yeah. seems manageable basically yeah yeah it's you know i mean i date around a little bit now um but like i say it's mostly friends yeah that um i hook up with or yeah. you know yeah okay okay interesting and then yeah so you're not like yeah so you're not like yeah, you're 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 not breaking up with these people, on you know if you might hang I'm out with them. Hopping. You're not in a relationship with. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Um, okay, that's interesting. Okay, that's actually a lot lower than I thought. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, I, I guess I just, I didn't really have a conception of like how serious uh, like a relationship would be like mm-hmm. how how many like serious concurrent relationships you you might be having i guess that's what that's what i didn't mm-hmm. really conceptualize i mean depending on what you count as a serious relationship um ina is my best friend um of 20 years i mean that's always there like that's the one big relationship that i have um but you wouldn't say you're dating her no i wouldn't but like it's a relationship yeah but uh, yeah but it's not really in danger of having a breakup um or at least from what you've described or i I don't don't know but we do have crises okay miscommunications and um you know stuff like that that happens in every friendship right yeah yeah i think my capacity for having serious I mean, what's serious? Like committed relationships where I would put a label on it would be probably two people at the same time. Okay. Two people outside of Enos. <laughs> that is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's, that is also the most that I've done. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Because, you know, I, I work and I have family as in siblings. I have uh, hobbies I have a lot of friends that I want to see and um, yeah, having more than two partners would be, I think. That's a, yeah, it's yeah. uh, Like I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard enough with one to make. (laughs) It is complicated, right? Dating is complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. How do you, do you, Do you think you've like, I don't know how to describe this, but like, do you think you've gotten rid of all the bullshit in your head from when we were growing up? And, and okay, let me, I'm guessing the answer is probably no, but let me, let me just, <laughs> let me, let me start there and then I have a follow up. Well, um, I want to say I'm battling it head on. Yeah. Um, and I think some stuff goes deeper than the cognitive. Mm. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, having my boundaries violated and advocating for myself, these are things that are really hard for me. Sorry, you said um, advocating for yourself? Yeah. Um, defending, defending my boundaries when they are attacked is something okay. that I'm not good at. Yeah. Um, but in theory, I think I've attempted to tackle all the bullshit. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, my th- I, my theory is that we're never gonna get rid of all of it. It's always it's always gonna be there. It's there's always gonna be, and the reason I say that is I feel like every time I interview someone, I learn something new about myself, um, and I kind of see my own upbringing in a different perspective, and it kind of mm-hmm. shifts how I, you know, just how I interact with the world, or you know, there's, there's so that kind of leads me to believe that the work is never done the work is never done basically Mm. yeah Yeah. i agree and i guess maybe 20 years it's 20 years since left right yeah and still i like i do therapy for a reason i don't do it because (laughs) you know i have a lot of free time (laughs) (laughs) therapists a job to do you know um but yeah, I think the more the more I deconstruct, 
with dating, um, the more I see all the bullshit. Mm. And um, the more I am aware of the bullshit, the more mindful I can be about it mm. and try to avoid it and, and monitor myself. Do, do you tell your partners about your upbringing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How early in the relationship? So I'm pretty open on the internet. Like, they okay. can look it up. It's not a secret. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, I used to do this thing when I was dating a lot um, before COVID. I had, like, random dates three dates a week or whatever was like three different people every yeah. week yeah um I, I it was kind of like a hobby yeah <laughs> um and i realized that whenever i would bring it up and usually it would come up because i look not white so people would ask me mm, where, I'm where you're from yeah and that opens a can of worms yeah. if i don't check it and um i didn't back then and that kind of made me feel like i was being legit interviewed for like an interesting thing piece or whatever by just Mm. random white dudes um (laughs) it's like (laughs) they were not interested in me they were interested in the story i'm telling Mm -hmm. um and so i resorted to not bring it up on the first date anymore. Okay. Um, but I do think that it's an important part of my life and yeah. also important to understand me. And if people want to date me for real, they should probably understand me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm very open about it once people get to know me. Okay. Okay. Do you yeah. talk about it with people? Are they surprised um, if you do? I kind of like, like basically, I know if I go on a date with someone, like if they Google me, they're going to find this podcast. So I feel like I kind of like have to. Um. And but then also I feel would ask about your name too, right? That's not. A oh yeah, I get that all the time. So I have a uh, I, the the answer I've been using forever is just my parents were hippies and they made it up. Um, so that kind of like sidesteps. The, oh yeah, completely. Wow. completely. <laughs> 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 so uh, it's, well, yeah. So basically, the yeah. So here's the here's the story. Um, I my parents were hippies. Uh. They combine the letters. This is true, by the way. They, they combine the letters <laughs> in their names to make my name, um, and that's where it came from. Uh, so that usually like answers that question um, to start with. Um, but then, um, yeah, I think since doing the podcast, I've kind of felt like I just kind of like had to bring it up early um, and. In hindsight, I think you can probably learn a lot about people, like based on how they react to that. Um, and yeah, some reactions, like if they're interested, then I had one girl who completely ghosted me after learning <laughs> learning about the church. Um, oh, no. oh, actually, no, she told her friends. She told her friends the next day. She she. She told me the next day that her, her friends, she talked to her friends about me and they told her, they told her to get the fuck out, Wait, basically. Uh, yeah. And I was like, man, fuck these, fuck these bitches. Um, That's so mean. Yeah. Um, so that happened. That was a while ago. Um, and. But then again, I think I would totally understand like that. It's a lot to get into. Like, this is yeah. why if I feel like this is something serious, I will just open the whole package and be like these are my issues if you yeah. run away now it's your own fault <laughs> yeah <Damn>. exactly <laughs> exactly exactly yeah um but yeah i guess it's kind of actually now that 
I think that date was actually before the podcast was released. I forget. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just something that I feel like increasingly I do need to just mention and then, you know, just kind of see how they react and all clearly if they react poorly and they run, they ghost me, then that's not ideal, but it's better, better to happen earlier than later. Yeah. I would, I was just going to say it's probably for the better than. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's actually one one woman that I dated for a while a while back um when I told her about about it she was like oh that actually sounds really like fun and exciting for you to be like you know out of the cult and doing your own thing and like I'm excited for you and your journey uh and I was like oh that's pretty that's pretty sweet that was that was a good answer to that to that question um So yeah, it does. I guess it does come up. Um, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's this whole um, Instagram community now since like I want to say a year and a half, right? Um, where all these hashtags happened, and um, I met like shit ton of people. Mm. Um, you included, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I think that was really important. Um, also for my own identity as an ex-Mooney, mm. specifically as an as a queer ex-Mooney. Yeah. Um, shout out to Lex, by the way, who coined that. Oh, um, really? Lex, Lex, who passed away recently. Yeah, exactly. Coined yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, she was okay. the one. Um, she contacted a couple of us and um, said that she was going to start something. And how does that sound? Okay. Yeah, she um, she was so generous with her mm. short little time that she had, and um, yeah, I don't think people realize how many lives she touched mm. by just doing this one hashtag and just reaching out to like a couple of us mm. weird queer ex moonies just you know floating on the internets and being mm. alone, and um, yeah. I think she was really pivotal in forming this little community. Mm. Yeah. Does she have any family that like would want to hear that? Like, um, I know she had two partners. Okay. Um, that also were her caregivers in the end. Um, I know she's estranged from her bio family. Okay. She was estranged. So, um, but I know that a couple of queer ex-moonies who listen to this podcast, um, we really miss her. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. 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 Being trans is like a whole other, whole other beast. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's bad enough to be queer in the Moonies when you grow up um, around this whole notion of heteronormativity and mandatory motherhood and stuff like that. It's um, it's a whole other ladle of shame that you put onto yourself yeah. <laughs> when you develop feelings in your teens, you know, because you do because you're a teenager, right? Um, yeah. But then you fall for someone of you know your own perceived gender and then it's like oh no yeah yeah and moon said like really really horrid shit about us man um, yeah he has yeah and i think the moment that i realized that he's talking about me that was very damaging to my mental health mm. for, for sure um i felt targeted I felt like I have to hide away big parts of myself to be accepted in the world, to be accepted mm -hmm. by God. Like, you know, again, there it is, unconditional love, my ass. Um, yeah, fuck that. That's like, yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah, no, no fucking way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many conditions. And one of them is don't be yourself, right? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. How Fit is into that even... Exactly. That's a really good way to put it. Don't be yourself. 
Yeah. Actually, one of the biggest moments um, in my deconversion was that that time when I was alone in my apartment because I moved out to go to high school and I didn't have any internet and I didn't have no phone. And one of the first things that crept into the forefront of my head was like, you're not straight. Really? <laughs> like this little voice that was like, do you want to get blessed, man? Don't even like man. <laughs> like, I do, but not only. So, um, yeah, that was that was one of the first bricks that fell. It was like Whoa. realizing that I'm not straight. And, Interesting. Um, the thought scared me that yeah. I would maybe be in a relationship with a man forever and ever when maybe women are better. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. Yeah, and so that happened when yeah, when you just you happened to well, uh, obviously like, whoops, hold on, sorry, there we go. Obviously not coincidentally, like you were sort of cut off from all the all the connections to the church and stuff, and just alone with your thoughts, and then you could sort of almost like give give space to that basically. Yeah, and, and... it was always there. Yeah, and I always repressed it. Like it felt mm-hmm. dangerous to even yeah. think about it, you know. Because yeah. totally. I mean, it didn't yeah. even feel dangerous. It was actually dangerous. Mm. Like you would get not only ostracized, but you know, then the whole champion thing started. You know, yeah. Off, so you would definitely get sent to conversion camps or um, yeah, to champion to do horrid shit. Did, did that happen shit. to kids in Europe? Um, I don't know if they got sent to champion. Okay. But um, when I was, I want to say 16 or something, that woman who was um, allegedly channeling Hak Jahan's mom. Mm, day, the day is a demonym, demonym. Yeah. yeah. Um, she did a Europe tour. And, okay, yeah. Um, I went to, again, Camberg to... Mm. Um, to you know, see what's happening. I did not know what was going to happen, and I just wanted to hang out with my friends. Wait, what year was and... this? Ah, oh, Jesus! Wait, I was sixteen, and I'm really okay. bad at math, so I'm looking at my phone now. <laughs> you said you were born in '84, yeah. so that would have been 2000. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right. So I was there. I did. I was in Camberg in like oh six or oh seven. Okay. Uh, but I remember it might have been a demonym thing. It was some like oh everyone needs to get this blessing from someone and maybe she was. I don't remember. I don't remember if she was there or not. So I was thinking She's maybe I was creepy. there. Um. Yeah. That was one of the things that traumatized me the most during my time in church. I think was okay. that experience. Can you talk a little more about it? Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's upsetting though. <laughs> okay, if you want to, I've... yeah, no, like I'm fine with it, but it's upsetting. Um, okay. So, like I said, I did not know what was happening. Mm. Um, what was going to happen? And for me, it was a chance to hang out with my friends because we lived in the south of Germany, and all of my harpy friends lived in central or northern Germany northwestern so um it was cool to meet them all um and then this woman comes in and shames us for having a lot of demons attached to our bodies and that we Mm. look so unclean and she can see all those dirty demons and um and in my mind i'm like oh no can she see that i'm not straight like is is Mm. that what she's seeing Mm. Um, like are those the demons that she mm -hmm. can see yeah wow and um right behind me there was this um guy who was like really big and um he was the dad of one of my closest friends and i'm pretty sure he knew that i'm not straight oh shit and he's sitting behind you yeah so you know what that means right i I know what that means but do you want to tell the audience yeah so um the ceremony that happened was called ansu and it's um basically you drive away demons um by slapping yourself and hitting yourself and 
um, if you feel like the person around you is not hitting themselves hard enough, you are allowed to hit them. And so in my mind, the thing that happened um, was that the person behind me um, felt like I was holding back. So he mm. decided to take it on to himself to hit my back really hard. Mm. Um, and when I mean really hard, I mean like my bra straps dug into my flesh and mm. left it bleeding. Wow. And um, yeah, and in that moment, I felt like, yeah, I probably deserve it because I'm not straight. And fuck that. Yeah. Jesus. Fuck. Yeah, so Ugh. that's the type of things that go through your mind. Yeah. When you, when you know that you don't adhere to those, you know, types of standards that yeah. are narrow and unreasonable. Yeah. Fuck, man. Fuck that. And they did this shit. Yeah. But like, I, well, first of all, they did, they had these, you know, workshops in Korea. That was like the main center. But then they did these like speaking tours where like, you know, they'd come to come to Europe. They'd come to America. I remember them going like going all over America. So they brought, they brought this like, you know, they brought the beatings on a road show basically to, mm -hmm. to beat people and shame them. And I'm sure there are many more who, um, you know, suffered similar thoughts to to what you did uh, in those scenarios. Yeah, because you know when when they expect you to fit this really narrow box, you set yourself up for failure automatically, mm -hmm. right? Because you no one fits that box. Yeah, no one it, is exactly. Ever... It, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. It it, is, yeah. It's designed. So, um, it's designed for you to fail for yeah. uh, from the from the beginning, basically. Yeah. And so you can exploit that because, yeah. you know, everyone has their proverbial demons yeah. and has their, you know, the things that are ashamed for, even though, you know, in hindsight, I know that it's, uh, it's all made up. Yeah. 16-year-old me didn't know. No. 16-year-old me thought that I deserve a beating by, a, like, a really big, strong man. <laughs> Mm, Jesus. For not being like I didn't even act on it like you know it was just things that yeah just for thinking about it right mm, yeah 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 um it's a, it's a thought run yeah exactly in that moment yeah yeah um I think we should wrap up soon um yeah. but I don't want to wrap up on that note <laughs> <laughs> It's a shitty note to wrap up on. It's a shitty note. The thought crimes, the the thought crimes that plague us all, um, is a yeah. shitty note to wrap up on. Um, can you? Um, is there a positive note that you can uh, uh, that that I can ask you to uh, to leave us with? Yeah, um, I can talk about love. Amazing. Go for it. Yeah. So I am. Um... For a couple of years now, I am trying to unlearn that romantic and sexual love is the highest form of love. Mm. Um, and um, this is what the whole relationship anarchy is about for me. Is um, It's not about, you know, sleeping with as many people as you want to. I mean, it can be, and I don't think it's a bad thing, but for me, it's exploring the fluidity of love and um, the fluidity of relationships and um, the possibility of you know honoring my feelings in a respectful and meaningful way and honoring the people in my life for what they are and not trying to put them into boxes that don't fit them. I don't think that's what love is about. That's beautiful. That's a that's really beautiful. Um that's a great way to end it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's leave it there. That's really good. Okay. I love that ending. I love that ending. Thank oh. you. Uh Becca, thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure. Yeah. Uh where can people find you online if you'd like to share? Yeah. Um I have several channels on 
Instagram, um, my ex Mooney stuff, it's very like uh, sparse, but it's X. <laughs> no, wait, hang on. <laughs> I don't use it as often. Um, so my main channel is at Mighty Brecca. Um, and that's uh, and Mighty and then B R E C C A. B R E C C A, exactly. Yeah. And the other stuff is Bex underscore Q X M, as in Queer X Mooney. Okay, so B E X underscore Q X M. Okay. Yes, and the other one is uh, Mighty Brecca. Um, perfect. Yes. Okay, perfect. And I'll put those in the I'll put those in the show notes as well. Um, Cool. All right. Thank you so much. This has been really awesome, Becca. Um, I think the audience, no worries. I think the audience is going to love it. So thank you very much. Um, I'm going to hit stop recording. Yeah. I just want to thank you for all the the work you're doing. Like this is a one man show. I don't know if people realize that you do everything by yourself Mm. and uh, it's a lot of work. And um, it means a lot to so many people, and it's uh, it's good work that you're doing. So thank you. Mm, thank you. That means a lot. Appreciate it. Okay, I'm gonna hit stop recording. Thank you, Becca, for an incredibly beautiful and moving ending to that interview. It was really fucking beautiful. Thank you for sharing that and for sharing everything that you have shared and thank you for bringing us out on a high note and i just want to make one small correction to becca becca stated that this is a one-man band uh that is correct with one exception everything you hear and all of the organization that goes into everything that you hear is done by me but the things that you see are things that I have help with, um, particularly with the graphic design for the show, which is done by Teddy Hose, and the portraits of each individual that are done by Luciana Strait. So big thanks to them. And thank you again to Becca. And thank you to you as a listener. Please stick around. I have some amazing guests coming up on the next few episodes falling out. I can't go into specifics right now, but this is going to be an awesome season. Um, There's really, really good shit coming. So please stick around. Please take care of yourselves. Thank you again, Becca. Peace, everyone. Got to jump in here and just add one more thing. Thank you, Lex. I never met you. But Becca's not the first member of the queer ex Mooney community to express to me directly what an impact you had on their life. So thank you and rest in peace, Lex.